This is the James Cancer Free World Podcast. Welcome. I'm Steve Wartenberg, and today our guest is Dr. David Cohn. Dave is the director of the Division of Gynecologic Oncology here at the James, and he was recently named Director of Medical Affairs. Today, we're going to talk to Dave about OPTEC. This stands for the Ohio Prevention and Treatment of Endometrial Cancer. It's a statewide program funded by Pelotonia that will provide genetic testing to about 700 Ohio women who've been diagnosed with endometrial cancer. About 61,000 women are diagnosed every year with endometrial cancer, and about 17% will eventually die. The goal of Optech is to change the standard of care and to save a lot of lives. Welcome to the podcast, Dave. Thanks, Steve. It's great to be here today. Good to have you. And first, before we talk about Optect, tell us a little bit about endometrial cancer, what it is, and why it's such a tough cancer to cure. So as you said, endometrial cancer is a very common disease with about 61,000 women in the U.S. diagnosed every year. And that actually makes it the most common gynecologic cancer in the United States. Wow. It's a disease that typically is diagnosed in the early stages because women typically have bleeding when the cancers develop. That being said, there are a number of women who, for unclear reasons, even with early disease, still have uh, a reoccurrence. The cancer comes back again. And those are patients in whom we are not able to cure very often. So they're treated, and it seems to be successful, but then however, however long after a year or two, it, they give it, they go, the cancer comes back. That's correct. And what's interesting about this disease as well is that it's one of the only cancers that's increasing in the number of cases diagnosed per year, as well as the number of women who die of it every year as well. We know that the reason why women get it more commonly is because of obesity there's a really high uh, relationship between women who are obese and those who develop endometrial cancer, where the risk is about tenfold excess in obese women for developing this disease. Wow. Is, is there, do you know why being, being overweight increases your risk of getting this? It seems that women who are obese have changes in their estrogen metabolism. Uh-huh. And we know that this disease is something that is related to the estrogen in a woman's body. And so women who are heavier have an increased chance of developing endometrial cancer because they have relatively increased amounts of estrogen compared to women who are thin. And that's the biggest risk factor for this disease. Well, and is, does age age a factor at all? It certainly is a disease of postmenopausal women. Okay, because where, where your estrogen levels have changed. That's exactly right. So that's when you've been exposed to estrogen for the longest period of time. Even though menopause happens at about 50, 51, the rate of the disease uh, peaks at about 60 uh, years of age. And so it does seem that the exposure to estrogen over time is the biggest factor that leads to women developing this disease. Okay, so we have this cancer, endometrial cancer, which is on the rise, which is hard to treat. So that brings us to Optech. And sort of give us the background. I know that's connected to the statewide program that Heather Hample told us about on a previous podcast. So sort of talk about how uh, Heather's uh, study and her statewide program, also funded by Pelotonia, led to yours. Sure. And so it's a great history because, in fact, originally, um, Heather's team and our team worked together to take a look and see why women get endometrial cancer. And it turned out that there was a relatively high percentage of women that got endometrial cancer because of an increased genetic risk because of a condition called Lynch syndrome. And I'm sure that's what she talked about right. as it relates to OCCPI in the last podcast. And she talked about it primarily, but she did mention endometrial cancer. But she said 
her study was for the increased risk for colon cancer, but also mentioned that it also increases your risk for endometrial cancer. Exactly. And in fact, in women and men that have uh, Lynch syndrome, the rate of colon cancer is about the same, but obviously men don't get endometrial cancer. So in our specialty, it seems that there's a very high number of women um, who have endometrial cancer as a result of this genetic condition, Lynch syndrome, and that number is thought to be between 3 and 5%. And again, that's a similar rate in uh, colon cancer, that about 3 to 5% of men or women with colon cancer get it because of Lynch syndrome. So if you inherit this predisposition to develop endometrial cancer, your lifetime risk is around 60 to 70% that you could develop endometrial cancer over your lifetime. And that's a substantially increased risk relative to the baseline chance of a woman getting endometrial cancer. So that's why it's important to know if you have Lynch syndrome. So then you can monitor and watch for it and be careful and and take and get treatment early. And I think that's a great point because uh, very often we don't know our cancer family histories. And so it's important for you to think about your relatives that you have in first, second, even third degree relatives, which means your parents, your siblings, your grandparents, aunts and uncles even, to think about if there's cancers in your family uh, that may go together. So like Heather said, colon and endometrial cancers go together for Lynch syndrome. And breast and ovarian cancer go together for another syndrome that's called BRCA. And so if you find that in your family there's an increased number of cases of colon and endometrial cancer that happen at ages that are atypical, meaning that earlier than they're typically diagnosed, then you should think about whether there's a genetic predisposition. So knowledge is power, I think, when it comes to cancer family history. And that's a key takeaway point, I think, from this discussion. Okay. And So it's important to know for yourself, and then it's also important to know for your children. Absolutely. And so if you're known to have a genetic predisposition, not just your children, but your siblings as as well may have an increased risk for cancer, and they may not know it. So that's where um, Optech comes into play. So we know that women that have endometrial cancer have about a 3 to 5% chance of carrying this genetic mutation that causes Lynch syndrome. So that would be of the 61,000... Uh, women every year in the United States diagnosed, that's uh, a couple thousand. (laughs) About 3,000, we could say, to be conservative, and no more than 3,000. Neither of us are math geniuses, so we'll uh, we'll acknowledge that one. Um, And so if you have about 3,000 women in the U.S. that could carry this genetic predisposition to developing cancer, if that person is known to have this genetic mutation, then she should seek medical care to try to you know, figure out whether or not she's at risk for other cancers. But just as you mentioned, it's very important as well for her to reach out to her family members that could be at risk as well. Because you can think about it, in that circumstance, you've got parents that may not have cancer that are at risk because one of the two parents gave you this genetic predisposition. You may have children, you may have siblings as well who are also at risk for these cancers. And so one of the major goals of Optech is, as you said, provide genetic testing to see do these patients who have endometrial cancer have Lynch syndrome. But there's other aims of this study as well that involve identifying at-risk relatives, trying to figure out what's the best means by which we can communicate with these relatives. Because What, what is the percent? Like, if a woman has Lynch syndrome and has had endometrial cancer and has four children, or for, for girls, let's say for girls, what, is, what are the percentage of her children that will have it? Well, this is an autosomal dominant uh, condition. So you have a 50-50 chance that a woman who has Lynch syndrome is going to provide that gene to her offspring. 
Okay. So, so if you've got two, four children, then you've got a, a, a 50% or two out of four of those uh, women or men can also get the Lynch syndrome gene. And I think that's an important point, is it doesn't go just from mother to daughter. It can go from mother to son as well, or from father, father to yeah, daughter. Right. So that's why it's important even to have, if you have the Lynch syndrome, to have your sons tested too, so they know for when they get older and have children. Yes. Although they wouldn't get endometrial cancer or ovarian cancer, they certainly would be at risk for colorectal cancer and other cancers that are associated with Lynch syndrome. And to pass it on to their children. Okay, so that's what a huge component of Optech is to screen um, these patients' families so they know, and education is all powerful. There's also a treatment component, right? That's true. And so what we know is that women that have Lynch syndrome, and this is where it gets a little bit technical in terms of the, the biology of cancer, but we know that when you have a mutation in one of the genes that cause Lynch syndrome, it causes the cancer cells um, to have a specific look uh, when you look at them genetically. And what happens is that these cancers have an inability to repair their DNA. And so here's the way you can think about it. When we have DNA replication, when when our cells divide, about one out of every 10,000 times, we incorrectly pair our bases together. And if that wasn't recognized and fixed, you would develop ultimately mutations that may cause cancer. And this is everyone, not just someone with with mutation. That's a genetic exactly right. mutation. Okay. So, but but if you don't have a genetic mutation from Lynch syndrome, our bodies have the ability to recognize these oh, abnormalities okay. and fix them. So you don't ultimately end up developing these mutations and important genes that may cause cancer and other conditions. If you have Lynch syndrome, you have a damage in one of the genes that does this proofreading. So if you don't have a proofreader to your DNA, you can actually continue to replicate these errors. And ultimately, errors in cancer-causing genes cause cancers. And so um, what is known is that men and women that have Lynch syndrome, that have an inability to repair their DNA damage, their DNA replication errors, are very susceptible to a specific type of treatment that's called immunotherapy. And so Optec does have a component of a treatment arm where we're going to identify patients that have Lynch syndrome, or there's another group of patients that don't have Lynch syndrome, but their cancers look the same, that they can't repair their DNA uh, replication errors. And in that circumstance, those patients may be eligible for treatment with this special immunotherapy. And immunotherapy, which we've talked about before, is where you spur the body's immune system on to recognize and destroy cancer cells. That's exactly right. And so, again, this is some more biochemistry, but I think at least worthwhile thinking about why it's relevant for this disease is that if you have the inability to repair these you know, new pieces of DNA that we shouldn't have, those are very antigenic, which means that your body's immune system is able to really rev up and recognize that. In the typical case, that would be great, but what happens in these cancers is that the cancers actually shut down the body's immune system's ability to recognize these new pieces of DNA. So it's almost like these cancer DNA pieces are hidden silently in the body and evade the immune system. So what these new drugs do is they actually are able to unmask the immune system that's blunted by these cancers. So all of a sudden, when you take these drugs, the native immune system of a patient's body is able to be revved up recognize these cancer DNA pieces and attack them very effectively. Wow. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Dave to talk more about Optech and we'll talk a little bit about where the program is and how Pelotonia is funding it. Pelotonia is driven by their vision, a world where we are all healthier and empowered to live our best lives. 
lives filled with hope and possibility. In only nine years, the Pelotonia community, through their annual cycling event, has raised more than $157 million to accelerate funding for innovative cancer research at the James. The Pelotonia community knows that when we push ourselves, individually and as a community, we can achieve great things. As Pelotonia celebrates their 10th anniversary, Pelotonia wants you to be part of making this vision a reality. To learn how you can get involved, please visit pelotonia.org. That's P-E-L-O-T-O-N-I-A dot org. Let's change the world together. A revolution in lung cancer treatment is happening at the James. We're proving lung cancer isn't solely defined by location and stage, but rather the individual molecules and genes that drive it. Simply put, there is no routine lung cancer. That's why our world-renowned specialists put their expertise towards treating one particular lung cancer, yours. At The James, we go beyond the routine to prevent, detect, treat, and cure your lung cancer. To learn more, call 1-800-293-5066. We're back and talking with Dave Cohn about Optech, the new statewide program funded by Pelotonia that's going to take a look at endometrial cancer. Dave, fill us in on the status, where you are in starting the program. Yeah, so Optech was uh, announced in summer of 2017, uh, funded to um, the tune of a million dollars by Pelotonia, which was a really fabulous investment in what we believe to be a really important program. We have uh, written the proposal up. We've communicated with the other institutions across the state. We have the other institutions are the other hospitals that will be doing it, right? That's correct. And so it's really important to recognize that endometrial cancer care is generally a regional um, distribution of care. So it's not that every hospital across the state sees women with endometrial cancer. It's a, it's a fairly uh, specific surgery that's needed to treat these patients. And so the care is generally done uh, by gynecologic oncologists, which are cancer subspecialists that uh, work in just the areas of gynecologic cancers. And so we've identified areas in Toledo and Cleveland, Akron, uh, Columbus, Cincinnati, um, who have gynecologic oncologists where there's centralized care. So that's going to take in, hopefully, most, if not all, the women in the state who get diagnosed and treated with this type of cancer. That's exactly right. The goal is to use this centralized model, uh, similar to what OCCPI did across all 51 hospitals across the state, but recognizing that in those hospitals, not all of them have a gynecologic oncologist. So centralizing the care will be a more efficient delivery of Optech itself uh, and hopefully capture most of the patients across the state itself. So we have approval to begin the study at Ohio State, and we're going to roll it out to the other institutions in very uh, short order thereafter. Great. And about how many institutions does that include? It's about 15 institutions across the state, so a pretty wide coverage uh, from all the corners, uh, as well as Central and Columbus as well. So that estimate, I believe, of about 700 women, that's what you. Th- that's about the Ohio number of women who get diagnosed with this. So that's not going to be all the women that get diagnosed, but it's going to be an area that we're going to capture a large proportion of uh, the cases that come in to the state of Ohio. Uh, but that number was established because of funding limitations. Uh, fun, I don't know if it's yeah, always funding it, limitations. It's okay. one of the, certainly one of the limitations. Okay. So we have enthusiasm to continue. And I would look at this as a very uh, initial project to see is it feasible to do some of the innovative things that we're thinking about within Optech. And if it turns out to be successful, which we certainly anticipate that it will be, uh, there may be opportunities to increase the funding to expand this uh, to a bigger population than just the 700 that we're starting with. Oh, that would be great. 
And just so I make sure I understand, for these roughly 700 women who are, are a part of it, they will, a sample of their tumor will be um, taken and analyzed, and you'll do genetic testing to see if they have Lynch syndrome. And yep. then that will also help you to determine which of the immunotherapy treatments can be used to treat their cancer. That's exactly right. And so I think that's one of the innovations right off the bat, because typically Lynch syndrome is diagnosed through a stepwise process, where in many institutions already, there's tests that are done on tumor in a very specific way to see whether or not a woman might have Lynch syndrome. That woman is then, uh, if the screening test is positive, we'll see a genetic counselor, we'll undergo genetic testing, and then at that point in time, they'll talk to the patient about her risk for other cancers as well as her family members' risks as well. What's innovative about Optech is that we're doing a very different type of test. This is called next-generation sequencing. So this is using a novel technique uh, that we can identify specific changes in a variety of different genes, including Lynch syndrome genes, and then trying to figure out whether or not this is a, a, a Lynch syndrome case or a case that is looks like Lynch but is not actually that, that condition. So it's going to be a bit more refined of testing. And then, as I said before, we're going to also use some novel communication techniques for the at-risk relatives to make sure that we can uh, encourage them to seek the appropriate medical care for screening them for Lynch syndrome as well. So do you have a sense of if you, when you've... Um treated the 700 women, how many other people do you think you'll find that have Lynch syndrome? Yeah, that's a really uh, unclear... We don't have a clear answer to that question yet. Uh, it's thought that it might be actually one uh, patient with Lynch syndrome may lead to four additional family members that end up seeking medical care for an increased risk for cancer. What's hard to estimate is what... Uh, family size we're going to be dealing with across oh, the population true. because a smaller you know, family yeah. is going to have fewer individuals right. that are going to be at risk. Also, women that have had a hysterectomy and had their ovaries removed are not going to be at risk for having ovarian or uterine cancer as a result of Lynch syndrome, but probably they're going to be at risk for colon cancer as well. So I think a conservative estimate is that for every patient that enrolls in Optec that has Lynch syndrome, she may have up to four family members that are going to really benefit from this initiative. And these family members, the way the world works these days, they're not all going to be in Ohio. That's exactly right. So, yeah, so this is going to help people in Ohio and beyond. And so the, the term for that that's used is called cascade testing, oh, which right. means that yeah. once you have an individual, then you have this cascade of other individuals that are across uh, in their family and extended families. So each individual that's tested positive, you can think that there's another cascade from there that picks up another four plus individuals. So it's a never ending process. The hope would be that we identify the maximum number of individuals, men and women, who have Lynch syndrome, who are at risk for cancers and get them tested. Great. Okay. One of the things that's kind of cool about this is your partner in Optech is Dr. Paul Goodfellow of the James, who, as it turns out, I don't know how many years ago, was your mentor when you first started as a doctor. That's exactly right. So when I uh, was training as a gynecologic oncologist at Washington University in St. Louis, uh, Paul was my lab, men my lab mentor. So I was a, uh, a fellow working in his laboratory, working in Lynch syndrome, as it turns out. So thinking about this, you know, really interesting circle that's being yeah. completed here, Paul taught me everything I know about the genetics of endometrial cancer. So working together with him, he's been recruited to Ohio State. He's been working By here, you, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> for five years. Yeah. And uh, so now for us to be working together on this project is really a culmination of many years of collaboration and working to this point. So it's a really neat opportunity. 
And you're right about the full circle, not only with Paul, but in 2009, the first Pelotonia you rode and had ridden every year since, and now you're being funded by Pelotonia. Yeah, that's something that's really special. Uh, Pelotonia has been an amazing uh, opportunity, I think, for cancer research, for awareness, for funding for cancer research, but also for, when I say awareness, there's patients who have recognized that their risk of cancer is present because of their understanding about Pelotonia. So in 2009, when Pelotonia was announced as a fundraiser for the James Cancer Hospital, there are signs that went up, and patients have come in and said, I think I have Lynch syndrome because I've heard about this you know, increased risk. And sure enough, they have this disease, and we prevented cancers that way. So Pelotonia has done, has done remarkable things uh, for this community in increasing awareness and increasing funding for cancer. And as you said, I've ridden every year uh, since it started and plan on continuing to do that as long as I'm able. And you've become a little bit of a cyclist, haven't you? It's, it's been my disease that I've uh, acquired because of Pelotonia. I've got to admit that. Okay. But hopefully it's, it's going to have a good outcome. Yes, it's exactly right. Um, so what is the ultimate goal with Optech? I mean, why, what's preventing this from going national? So I think that there's nothing that would prevent it from going nationally except for, number one, making sure that we can do this. Number two, having the funds available to make it happen as well. And I think that the question about um, where can this go is really highlighted by the fact that the uh, Vice President Biden's Blue Ribbon Panel uh, was convened to talk about issues related to cancer. And in this um, document that was produced, there was actually something that said in there that they wanted to have a, a demonstration project nationally to see about screening for Lynch syndrome for patients uh, to prevent colorectal and endometrial cancer. So it's already hit the national stage. Did they know about your program or this was their wish list that you were already doing? Uh, it was their wish list that we were already starting in the state of Ohio. So, yeah, so you're, you're the national model. We can look at it as a state model that hopefully will expand towards a national model in the near future. So it seems that's the way it works, that you need, like in any um, scientific breakthrough, you need uh, initial data or testing that is, proves the concept on a smaller level, and then you expand it onto a national level, and that's what you're doing. Absolutely. And so that happened with OCCPI. That helped us to get to the point of working within Optech for endometrial cancer from the colon cancer model. And then it is quite possible that both of these diseases, colorectal and endometrial cancer, could expand nationally in an initiative that will hopefully prevent these diseases uh, for women and men in the future. What's that like for, for you and Paul and for Heather to be on the ground floor, the cutting edge of a program that could, has just has so, so much potential to help your patients, and I know you see patients every day battling cancer. What's that like for you personally to help people like this? Well, obviously the goal would be to develop a cancer-free world, and this is the way to make it happen. Cancer treatment has been uh, increasingly successful, and we're seeing great, great results with immunotherapy and other types of treatments. But to me, the greatest success would be that women and men don't have cancer in the future. And so having access to uh, initiation of this Optech model in the state of Ohio to try to prevent people from getting cancer. Obviously, you have to have cancer to enter Optech. You have to have endometrial cancer. But we do have an opportunity to improve the treatment of those women that have the disease, but also to prevent colorectal, endometrial, ovarian cancers, and others in family members that may not even know that they have this risk. And that, to me, is the ultimate success. 
Yeah, that, that, that will be great when you do this. And one last question. If someone is diagnosed here in Ohio with endometrial cancer or has a family history and thinks Lynch syndrome uh, might be involved and they, and they want to be involved in Optic, they want to be part of Optic, what do they do? Yeah, so the simplest thing is to reach out to your healthcare provider if you have endometrial cancer and see if this institution that you're treated is an Optech site. Uh, if not, then we can certainly provide the information to reach out to the James. Uh, but if you don't have cancer, but you think you might have Lynch syndrome because of a family history, that certainly is an opportunity to reach out to any healthcare provider, mention the family history, and then the next step would be to speak with a genetic counselor to see whether or not it's appropriate to get genetic testing to see do you have Lynch syndrome or not. Great. And Dave, I just want to thank you again and good luck with Optech. And maybe a year or so from now, you'll come back and fill us in on how successful it was. That'd be a pleasure. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for being with us. This podcast is brought to you by the Ohio State University Comprehensive Cancer Center, Arthur G. James Cancer Hospital, and Richard J. Solov Research Institute. For more information, check out our website cancer.osu.edu.